What up? Welcome to episode six of the Great Silencing Podcast with your host, Testamona. This episode is called Farewell is Never Forever, which just came out today. This is the brand new song of mine. If you were at the Self-Reliance Festival in Camden, Tennessee this last weekend at Special Operations Equipment, you heard me perform it live. But if not, this is about to be your first time hearing it. So before we get into it and much more, ladies and gentlemen, this is Farewell is Never Forever. This is uh, written and recorded by yours truly, Testimona, produced by Telling Beats, and mixed and mastered by Chris Cordero, a.k.a. Sawtooth Wave. This is an uh, emotional little uh, blues jam right here, and I really went mad under the surface for this here. It's a little uncharacteristic of me, but it had to be done. We're going to get into the what, the why, all the good stuff. But in the meantime, my friends, enjoy. Here you go. This is Farewell is Never Forever. And this is telling you the story of some stuff I've been going through for the last few months. Here it is. You say Attachment of the Aquarian way When you came into my life I knew you wouldn't stay Thought you would be trouble But you surprised me Learned to face a few shadows By watching you I see But things went sideways And joy began to rot Felt my energy decay So I stopped the clock It's ironic I thought you'd be the one to leave But I made the call to exit And thought I did so gracefully Then I was met with a side of you I'd never seen Maybe the signs were always there Hope can be blinding Two tumbleweeds you felt like home to me I was struggling Thought I needed to leave you be Don't look down, no, no, as below, so above. 
turns to hate Just like that peace turns to rage But I know that's just ego Oh, building a cage You are just a mirror for the space I need to create And until I find someone who's Yes means yes and no means no I'll be building on my own But truth be told my heart still loves you I curse this world where we're told to hide those truths I wonder if you really meant those things you said Words of our anger still need to be addressed Until then, my fractured friend I miss you, but I'll never tell you that That was even hard for me to listen to. And excuse my blown out voice at the moment, my friends. I uh, exhausted it with uh, performing at a festival over the weekend and uh, doing podcasts and just generally not having any silence. But damn, just uh, listening to that song. So when I performed it at the Self-Reliance Festival, if you don't know what that is, think a collection of preppers, anarchists, agorists, uh, fucking, you know, all matrix exiting folk, homesteaders, uh, experts in survivalism, tactical operations. That's who's there. Uh, uh, permaculture experts as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Uh, so I'm super glad that I got to be a part of that, uh, this time around. But, uh, yo, when I played that song out there, cause I did an hour set, right? This is late at night. Like, you know, all the speakers and shit had already done their thing. Like everyone's eating, drinking, da-da-da, you know. And I go on, I do a fucking hour set. And, I, you know, if you're new to my music, it does not all sound like that. Like I, uh, that song was very hard for me to do, actually. Um, I almost didn't do it. I, uh... Well, let me back up before I go on a fucking tangent. So when I played that song, you know, my set is is versatile. Like you're going to hear some dark trap. You'll hear some kind of like jazzy East Coast lo-fi hip hop. Uh, You'll hear blues. Um, Like you'll hear R&B. You'll hear just straight up rap or trap. And then you'll, you'll hear stuff like that as well. But Um, I'm pretty versatile with the styles I mess with. Like as far as instrumentation, I do have things I'm inclined toward and that I like, but, um, really what I build every single song around is the message and what I'm trying to convey. So the instruments accompany that, um, I'm not somebody that stays in one genre. So it's not like, Oh, I I'm just going after one sound and, 
Um, I'm just going to write to however the beat makes me feel. I actually typically, when I write lyrics, I am not even listening to music. I write in silence. Um, everybody has their own process. I used to write to, to listening to beats, but I don't anymore. Um, they just happen and usually it's completely quiet when I'm writing. So the music comes second for me as an artist. Um, so that, that's why it's all over the place. But that, that was, uh, that was hard for me to listen to. And when I played it at Self-Reliance Festival, so this song, nobody knows this until right now, but this song comes in a fucking trilogy because it's me processing, walking away from, uh, one could say a uh, romantic situation of sorts that uh, really fucking got under my skin and threw me for pretty much every kind of loop you can be thrown for, honestly, in the last few fucking months especially. Uh, you know, I'm glad I made the decision to walk away from it, but I had no idea what I was going to unleash within my own psyche when I made that decision. Um, I mean, it's like... I really do believe that in this lifetime, you know, we meet people and I don't think it's ever by accident. And some people are meant to play certain roles in our lives and vice versa. But I think, um, you know, that concept of uh, twin flames, when people hear twin flames, they, uh, they think that means like, oh, romance, like my part. No, bitch. You could have a twin flame that's like your coworker. Like twin flames are a form of soul contracts that essentially you guys mirror each other and like wind up triggering the shit out of each other. Uh, usually they're very tumultuous. They can be very addicting. They're often romantic. Um, but the purpose of a twin flame dynamic ultimately, and if you really want to learn more about this shit, I, I would refer you to Matt Kahn. Just look up his lecture on YouTube on twin flames, soul contracts, and soulmates. Like, it's fucking amazing. But um, the purpose is, like, y'all are supposed to kind of clash or come into each other's lives. And the result of whatever, you know, chaos ensues or whatever ensues is supposed to, you know, in theory, propel each person in the twin flame dynamic to a level of spiritual and conscious evolution, like accelerated at such a speed that there's no way in hell they would have gotten thrown into the next level of transformation without the, the, the carnage or the reaction from that relationship. Um, I have experienced that before. Uh, they are fucking brutal. Um, and, and, you know, they can get very complicated. Um, it's best to, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I ain't a relationship expert. Oh yeah. Let me finish what I started. I have a habit of this podcasting is helping me, uh, become aware of this shit, start saying something and then change the subject with my fucking ADD ass. But what I was saying is when I performed this at SRF, uh, somebody fuck, somebody fucking cried in the audience. Uh, and I know who that somebody uh, is, and that person is actually a dear friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, she started fucking crying when I played that shit, uh, probably because she could feel my emotion. That was the first time anybody had heard it, uh, besides, um, a video director and obviously the engineer who mixed and mastered that track, uh, 
but yeah, that was the first time performing it. And it was like, uh, yeah, she was obviously able to fucking feel my pain. You know, she knows me and shit, but, but that was a interesting song to perform live and I did it in succession. So there are a handful of more unreleased. I have a lot of unreleased music right now. Um, but there's kind of a trilogy of me working out this process of like, so we're going to, let's get into the shit right now. Let's get into what Farewell is Never Forever is about. There's a trilogy of me processing just that dynamic and like all the stuff that it fucking triggered within me because it's not even so much about the fucking dynamic. It's about like what did it light up inside of your shadow or your psyche or your trauma, whatever your wording is for it. But what did it like set off like a fucking string of landmines that now if y'all want to talk red pills, if y'all want to talk truth bombs, listen, some of the most brutal truth bombs that you will ever fucking get are about yourself and your own fucking behavior, uh, your own habits that you were unconscious of until all of a sudden the truth bomb shows up, uh, I had those experiences, um, in the coming weeks after the fact, you know, be it in periods of meditation or, you know, whatever. Uh, but there was a, a a series of revelations where I was like, Oh, holy shit. Oh, holy shit. Oh, holy shit. And then, so it's just been like a roller coaster of like realizations and also confusion and, and just the whole gamut of everything. But Ultimately, it's not really about that person that, you know, like how I said in the lyrics of that song, you were just a mirror of the space I need to create. So did I feel a certain type of way about that person? Yes. Am I the type that likes admitting that? No. That's why I don't have any songs like this. Like I've never, I don't even have any love songs that are publicly available. Like I think I did... I did one once when I had this boyfriend who was like actually hella dope. Um, I have like nothing but good things to say about him. Mostly. Um, I would never say a bad thing in public though, because I fucking respect him. Um, but no, he was actually a really good, really, 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 really good boyfriend. Um, and I made a song like about him or whatever when we were newly together, but I was like, man, this ain't me. Like, this sounds like fucking shit. Like I ain't fucking, you know, da da da. So I pulled it. Like I, it was not out. It was not public for very long. (laughs) So, but he was the only person that like got a, you know, sentimental song. Otherwise I don't do that. Um, that's just not really what my music's about. It's not really what the end my energy is, uh, either, like, you know, calling out bullshit in society, uh, offering some solutions. It's introspective. It's telling stories of kind of the crazy ass life I've lived. Um, what it's like to be a junkie, what it's like to come from, you know, that type of life, uh, and survive it. Uh, or it'll maybe be about society and the fuck shit that's going on now. Uh, I might be talking like PTSD, mental health, suicide, homicide, shit, those kinds of thoughts. It might be like more playful. There might be some diss tracks. Like I might, I might be on the mic fucking calling out, you know, this, that, and the third, or I might be completely airing out my own shit, you know, but either way, either way, I don't make music for, um, white noise. I do it with intention and message every fucking time. 
So like, I don't make pop music, if you couldn't tell. Um, I don't make things that, like, my purpose is not like, I just want to make things that people can dance and have fun to. Like, that's fucking great. And I love seeing people dancing and having fun at my shows. Like, I make sure that my shit's fucking you know, some shit that you will vibe to that's important. Like, I want to see that. I want people to have fun. But that's not my number one. That's not why I started doing this. Um, I started doing this music when I got clean from a heroin addiction. I had never even sang before, ever. I had no idea I could. I knew I could write lyrics. I did not know I could sing Damn sure in the fuck didn't know I could rap, but um, you didn't hear any rapping on that song because there wasn't any. I don't rap on every song. Um, I had no clue, but uh, once I got clean off dope and, you know, fucking got out of jail and got out of treatment and, you know, was doing the whole fucking probation thing and, you know, da da da, living in the halfway house, all that shit. Um, I was just like, you know, I'm, I've been obsessed with music my whole fucking life and, you know, there was a series of events that kind of led to me having that inner voice telling me like, it's, if you can stay, if you can stay sober and not relapse and die, I gave myself a 90 day window of like, if you make it past 90 days, which I'm actually coming up on 13 years now, years, you guys, that's insane. Um, but I told myself, uh, if you can make it past 90 days, then you have to try singing you have to you have to vocalize your fucking lyrics like they can't just stay on a page anymore and i made it past 90 days so like a few months later i went to a community college and i took a music technology class so like i learned how to run a a, stu- a little recording studio like a home setup um and uh i took a like a group voice class which is basically like choir basically Um, cause I was like, I don't know, like fucking let's see if I can sing. (laughs) And I remember like the first time we had to go up in front of the class and do solos and like sing these songs or whatever. I was, I'd never done it before. I never sang. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna throw myself to the wolves and like, let's, let's see how I sound. Cause I have no idea. Uh, nobody knows. (laughs) And so I did. And I was like, weird. I can sing. Okay. Um, and to think I almost skipped that class, like the first day of school, like I literally stopped right in front of the door and was like, fuck this class. And then I like turned around halfway. And then there was a voice in my head that was like, yo, you were like a high school dropout and you were always cutting class. Like now you're sober and you're doing life different. How about you try something fucking different? Don't skip this class, go in. And the thing that was trying to prevent me from going in there was fear. Fear. I was scared. I was fucking terrified. Are you kidding me? I didn't think I could do anything. I mean, my highest aspiration, like, you know, before that was like, you know, I was a fucking drug addict and I just lived for, for fucking being comatose on heroin. So I was like, what was my fucking highest dream? going and moving to a fucking poppy plant, like in the fucking golden triangle somewhere. Like, I don't fucking know that. I mean, when I say, I don't know, I do know that actually was something I was like, can I just live on a fucking heroin manufacturing plant and just have all of it? And I'll just work in the field and just do this until I die. Like, that's like how low I, like, I just was like, that was, that was it for me. Um, 
if I dreamed at all. I mean, occasionally I would have dreams of like, I wonder what it would be like to be a normal person. I wonder what it would be like to exercise. I wonder what it would be like to go to the gym. I wonder what it would be like to walk on the sidewalk during the day. <laughs> if, you're, if you've ever been a fucking junkie, you know what that means. <laughs> you understand that. I wonder what it would be like to go on a walk during the day. <laughs> What's it like to be on the street during daytime hours? (laughs) Um, You know, little things like that, man. Little things like that. Um, Little, those little things were big things, man. I'd fucking like be. Sometimes I'd look out a window and see a see a lady like running in her fucking running gear, and she'd have like a dog or something, and the sun would be shining, and she'd be running on the sidewalk. Like you know, I could see her. But we could not have possibly been further away. I felt like I was living inside the the thickest glass snow globe and was just watching real life and real people getting to live it. And I was I just felt like a fucking prisoner. And I was. I hated being a fucking addict. I hated it. So I thank God. Thank God that I was also a criminal and thank God that I wasn't the best one because I got caught. (laughs) One day I got caught, bruh, and I fucking went to jail and uh, that was like the perfect opportunity for me to get clean because it was like, all right, you're being held. You're going to start kicking heroin cold turkey. You don't want to know what happens to your fucking brain when that happens. And then you're going to get put in the throes of it you're going to get separated from your environment. You're going to be forcibly taken off the fucking streets. Cats out of the fucking bag, you know, da-da-da. And from jail, I was able to go into um, inpatient rehab, actually, while I was waiting for uh, sentencing. And uh, fucking, um, I stayed in rehab for 90 days, dude. Uh, I got, I mean, it was, that, that is just such a, such, such a tremendous fucking blessing. So, you know, enough about, I, dude, how'd I get going on that? What the fuck? Oh, cause I'm talking about music. That's why. All right. I'm not going to talk anymore about that. Um, let's go back to the song, the song, uh, music. I mean, that's why I'm alive, bro. I'm telling you right now, like, like the whole reason why I started making music, you know, in early recovery after coming out of a life of, uh, all I really knew was how to use drugs, how to sell drugs, how to commit crimes of various assortments. <laughs> I'm going to just use your imagination. Um, how to commit different types of crimes, uh, how to live a certain lifestyle, um, how to just be like a professional fucking liar and thief and, you know, just really shady person. Um, I had a lot of fucking trauma throughout my life and especially in earlier in my life that I had not, I, I mean, I had no idea I even had PTSD. I got fucking diagnosed with it pretty quickly because the people at the treatment center were like, whoa, what the fuck is up with that? (laughs) What the fuck's up with that girl? Um, so, so when I started making music, I was like, well, I want to use everything I've ever been through like as a way to help other people Uh, because why else, you know, pain's ultimate utility is growth. And when pain is shared, love is born. And I wanted, I wanted to be able to use everything I have been through to reach other people that were suffering in the same areas. And there were many areas. It's not just drugs. Like I'm, I'm keeping it like somewhat tame on this episode. 
uh, and I'm trying to not be all over the place as well, but I just wanted to use everything I have been through in life to reach people who felt like they couldn't talk about what they had been through because there's a lot of shit you can experience in life that like is very taboo. Like no one wants to hear about it. People get afraid of you. They get scared of you like, you know, or they might blame you for it. Like, it's just like, it's fucking crazy. The shit that you can go through in this world and you have to like keep a fucking secret. Uh, you really never know what people have been through, you know? Um, so, so never fucking underestimate people. I feel like I'm like, you're better off. Like, well, you know, whatever. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but you never know what a motherfucker has been through. You really don't. Um, and you don't never know what they're going through either. Um, the best of us and the worst of us can put on the fucking greatest acts, uh, even without trying. So I wanted to use music to use my authentic experiences and just be raw as fuck because I was like, yo, there's so much shit that people are going through and like, there is a solution and there is a way to recover from it. And like, I was doing that. I was living that I still do. I still am. Um, and I'm like, so I want to fucking use this as a sounding board. Cause it's like, we shouldn't just be like this, the, the underground, like hidden from society, ostracized community of like ex cons and like junkies and drunks and fucking, you know, uh, sex trafficking survivors and abuse survivors and fucking, you know, people with this, that, and the third going on. Uh, it's like, nah, like we're not, we're, we're actually not just gonna, we're not gonna just hide under the rug and in the shadows and, and, you know, all that shit. No, like we need to talk about what we've been through because we're recovering or recovered and we have to be a sounding board now. So that way other people who are stuck in that life and want out can get out because we're going to be here to fucking walk them through the process so they can heal and recover the same way someone did for me and everyone else who's, who has done this shit. You know what I mean? That's how it works. So, um, that's what I wanted to do initially. And then it just kind of spread out into like, well, I'm just going to fucking, you know, use music overall as a tool, like as a healing agent, as medicine, you know, for, for a very sick world that, that we all live in, but it's also a very beautiful world. It, but it, it, it is my God, what it would have fucking tripped this place is that we signed up to fucking come down here. Holy shit. Um, especially right now, <laughs> like, fuck, uh, so now it's like, it is medicine, but like a lot of the times, like sometimes the medicine that motherfuckers need or that we need to be talking about. And one could make the argument, how the fuck do you know what people need? I don't, I'm taking a fucking guess. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes that medicine, it ain't pretty, you know, it, that's kind of the fucking point. Um, we live in it and this is going to bring me back to the song. It's not, then we're going to get into the story. We live in a fucking society where, Everybody is like, pretend you have no problems, brush everything over, only show your highest moments and achievements and make everything all shiny and pretty and da 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 da, fit inside this box, repeat after me, do this, do that. Um, it's, it's so fucking stupid. It just, it, it breeds the most like narcissistic, disingenuous bullshit ever. Um, so if you are an authentic motherfucker, like, or if you are an alien tumbleweed, you know what that means. If you heard my last, uh, release called alien tumbleweed, I wrote it for all the matrix exiting folk and just people who refuse to sell their soul for comfort or refuse to 
trade their authenticity for fucking literally anything. Uh, you know, salute, infinite dabs and salute to you, motherfucker. Uh, but if you're like that, you know, you understand, you understand what I'm fucking saying. You know, so with that shit said, um, what I'm getting at here is that sometimes my music is, is dark or sometimes I feel the need to excavate and put things that even make my own skin crawl on blast because, you know, one could say, okay, that's, you know, shadow integration. And a lot of it is sometimes when you're writing songs, it feels like doing a fucking self-imposed exorcism. It's, it could be excruciating. Um, and then you share it with the world and it's like fucking, is there more of a vulnerable feeling than that? Like it's, it's, it's a trip, but, uh, sometimes, you know, things need to be said, things need to be fucking addressed. And a lot of people suffer in so much silence. Like, that's not a fucking game either. Like it's really not, you know, like I have fucking so many friends that are no longer alive because of drug overdoses. Cause they were trying to kill pain that they didn't feel like they could process any other way. Um, or suicide, like just dead ass suicide full on, full on. Um, you know, and I have a number of attempts in my history as well. Actually, I'll just say that shit. Um, So it's very important to talk about the things that we that we have this this programmed response to hide. Um, Obviously, like you know, it's not always safe in every fucking environment. But if you can't freely express yourself in art, then what the fuck, bro? So I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want in my music. I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want on a fucking podcast. I don't give a fuck. So, you know, you can listen to it or not. Uh, but the the point is, is that I, I, you know, I don't make it because I'm trying to appease masses. Um, I make it because I'm trying to, trying to reach the people and instill change and kind of like break open some, some fucking uh, metaphorical body armor that we all have so we can all connect to each other again and connect to ourselves again and, to the people that feel like they're going through stuff alone. I want them to know that they're not alone. Um, and there's a lot of magic in that. Like when I did get to perform at self-reliance festival this last weekend, uh, and when I got off the stage, you know, some of the conversations I had were 100%. I was like, I fucking, I think I almost cried like multiple times just out of like gratitude and like absolute leveling of, like, I guess it's like a, a fucking tremendous humbling. It's just like, oh my God, like what just happened? What just happened, bruh? Is, is, I mean, it's wild because, you know, the people, they come up to you cause they hear what you said in your lyrics when you performed and then they start up, hold on one second. I need to reach for my tea here. Okay. Um, they come up to you and they're like, they start telling you their life story. They start telling you their struggle. It, it was something that, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say who it was or what they said or anything like that. But, you know, there are people that, that brought up certain things in their lives that they were struggling with that, that, was, that was tremendously painful for them. Um, and it didn't sound like it was a thing that, that they felt that, you know, very supported or understood in that process. 
Uh, and I know what they're going through. It's, it's, you know, really hard. And they were able to come up to me and, and share that with me. And before that, I was a complete fucking stranger to them. They had no idea who I was and vice versa. Um, but I tell you what, I'm never going to forget those faces now. Um, and that's exactly why I do this shit is, is to be able to have those conversations and just to see y'all want to know what a trip, bro, a trip. I have want this one song called everybody's favorite piece of trash. And that song has not been released yet. That is, I just told you that the song you just heard farewell is never forever is like kind of part of a trilogy. Like as I've been processing this fucking shit show, um, I've been just writing and recording songs to it or whatever of like big bursts of emotions will come out and I'm like, yep, it's going on the mic. Cause if it doesn't go on the mic, I'm gonna end up in jail. You know what I mean? Like it's shit like that. So, uh, so I fucking go and, uh, I, I did a song called everyone's favorite piece of trash and it's, I mean, I'll be real. It, it fucking bangs, dude. It's a fucking like heavy, like just dark trap. Like it's super fun to dance to, but it is dark. Like it's fucking dark, bro. I also think the title is absolutely hilarious. Um, so I, I, I cracked myself up on that one, but, uh, and then the hook is actually pretty fucking catchy. I love singing it. Uh, and people, this is what shocked me. So when I was rehearsing and I had built my set. I was kind of going over some things with my vocal coach here in Nashville. And, uh, and she was like, yo, don't play that song. And I was like, why? And, you know, the reason for that was, you know, the self-reliance festival is not a music festival, right? So that's what was such a wild card about this is like, I had no fucking idea what the attendees musical inclinations were going to be. Like I said, it is a mostly like a preparedness or if, you know, more commonly used word is prepper, but we don't really like to use that word because preparedness is prepping without the panic. Like there, we, we don't do bug out, you know, shit where we're just like constantly like, you know, having our heart rate in the two hundreds. Like, no, that's actually uh, incredibly detrimental to survival. You need to have your fucking head straight. Um, if you are constantly in a state of fight or flight, you are, you know, debilitating yourself constantly and you're, you know, attacking your health, physical and mental. Uh, so how are you going to be in a condition to respond to like any type of, you know, dire situation? You won't, you know, and then that's a tactic of the enemy too, to keep you in a constant state of just bracing for when the next thing's going to hit. So there is a kind of a art to preparedness for sure. Um, but yeah, this is like a festival primarily of like homesteaders and people in the preparedness realm, you know, like, like I said, you got like permapastures farms out there who I fucking love to death. Fucking love Billy, love William, love Michelle. My God. Some of the best people I've met. Um, you know, they're out there. They're fucking brilliant. Um, you got Fortress Canine, you know, who's, who's training the canine at, uh, protection dogs and, you know, demoing what they can do. They're, they're phenomenal. Um, that was Joel and his wife, which I have spoken to her multiple times and now I'm drawing a blank on her name. So my bad. Uh, but they are, they own Fortress Canine down in uh, Florida and they're, they're both uh, really incredible people and their dogs are amazing. 
uh, you'll see people blacksmithing. You'll see, and then you'll hear people talking about like, you know, the proper human diet, you know, you'll hear people talking about like how to exit the matrix. You'll hear people talking about intentional communities, uh, cultivating proper mindset, proper, uh, crisis mindset. Um, you know, we had the people from tactical response out there. Um, so you'll hear a lot about different types of like defense and offense and tactical operations and, I love tactical response. I have trained with them before. They are beyond anything you will ever get at a, at a gun range. You could train at a gun range for like 10 years and, and then go take a, a fighting pistol training course for a weekend up at TAC response and you will, uh, it's never going to fucking compare. You're going to be like, oh wow, holy shit. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, it's, it just blows my mind because I've had training in both contexts and I'm just like, Jesus, like, how am I ever going to go back to a range after, after training with tactical response? Like, cause that's some shit. That's some actual practical, like realistic shit. Um, they're training you for a gunfight. They're not training you to fucking hit a paper target that isn't moving. So it's, um, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. I was really glad that they were out there. Um, there's a ton of people out there, bro, but you, you catch my drift, right? So like, it's, it's stuff like that. Um, it's stuff like that. It's, it's really, really fascinating. It's, it's such an amazing collection of human beings. I mean, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. I love, I just love those people so fucking much. Um, so yeah, it's not a music festival. So like, I had no idea what I was, cause I'm coming out there like singer and rapper and like a lot, my music's pretty intense. It's not like, you know, a lot of times people, the festival was not in Nashville. It was in Camden, obviously, but we're still in middle Tennessee. This is still Tennessee. Nashville's still close. It's only fucking 90 miles away from Nashville. If that it's 90 minutes, more like it. Um, And, uh, so like, uh, you know, what you might expect a bit more out here would maybe be like a live band or like, you know, maybe some folk, like, you know, indie, whatever the fuck, like that kind of stuff. Um, that would, uh, you know, that would be more expected, I think. But then I'm like rolling through and I'm just like, you know, all my shit's electronic. Like I, I played my set like out of my fucking DAW, you know, I just have my laptop and my fucking audio interface up there and shit. And I already had this set. I built all my fucking audio tracks and all my stems and whatnot. And then there was a fucking uh, sound engineer running the sound, which I was really grateful for. So shout out to Hatch for that because uh, I thought I was going to have to run my own sound. I was like, fuck, that's going to be a lot of running back and forth. Uh, But I did not. There was a phenomenal engineer out there. So that was really, really cool. Um, It's probably the best one I've actually fucking worked with. So like, as far as, as far as live sound, um, best engineer I've ever worked with goes to the person who just mixed the song that you just heard. He, he mixes all my music now. He's the greatest. Um, so I didn't know, I didn't know what I was getting into and I was just kind of thinking about it. I'm like, well, um, you know, you just, you have no fucking idea what people are going to like, but I was like, I just kind of had that idea. I'm like, "Mm, they might not, you know, be expecting, you know, music like mine. They might not like, you know, music that has a, you know, 
primarily hip hop based. Some of it's more blues and R and B or whatever, but it's, you know, if you listen to my lyrics, like you can tell that I was raised listening to rap and hip hop because it's always storytelling stuff. Like just the way that I write, like, it's like, you can tell that I, I do not come from a pop or like a country background. I come from a hip hop background because that's what I was raised on. Um, so I was just like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, da, 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 like, you know, and you know, there are, you know, we are in the South, we are in the fucking Bible belt. And so the reason why I was told to not play that song I was telling you about the everyone's favorite piece of trash is because I, I opened that song with, with talking about exactly what was actually happening while I recorded that song. I wrote and recorded that song in 25 fucking minutes. Um, and I mentioned wanting to, you know, remove myself from the planet. Essentially that was the feeling, right? And, uh, the vocal coach was like, don't do that. She's like, cause of religious, you know, in certain religious people or whatever, like they're going to not like that because they, they see suicide as like the ultimate sin or whatever, whatever. And she was like, she's like, you literally just mentioned like fucking killing yourself and like possibly like, I don't, I can't remember if I mentioned stabbing someone else or not. I, oh, like, yeah. Um, did I, uh, it was a little aggressive. I don't think I said I was going to stab anybody in the song, but it was a little, it, it was a little aggressive. I mean, I told, I told uh, the, you know, metaphorical person I was talking to, to like f- get fucked, like on multiple occasions. <laughs> so she was like, you just, she's like, you're really aggressive. And you just talked about suicide. Like I'd probably not play that. Um, if you don't know your audience, because you know, it, it might be that. And I was like, well, you know, I think I'll just, uh, I'll just read the crowd. Did I read the crowd? No, I didn't have to. It was like, I couldn't have asked for better people in there. I mean, like I fucking, I, it exceeded expectations. I got up on that fucking stage and people immediately just like, were like so supportive, like cheering, dancing, having a good fucking time. But here's the trip. This is why I say it's important to talk about these darker things, these hidden things is because when I played everyone's favorite piece of trash, that was the song I was the most insecure about playing. Cause I'm like, yo, I, the opening line is me talking about wanting to kill myself. So I'm like, you know, did I make it catchy? Yes. Can you dance to it? Yes. Does it fucking bang? Yes. Does that shit slap harder than a motherfucker? Yes. Okay. I love that. I love the song. It's fucking, it's, it's fun to sing to like, I, but it's very dark. It just, it's just a fucking jam, man. It's a fucking groove. And I saw people darting in from like the camping area behind the stage area, like where, cause there were some people still in the camping area. Those people, I think they had some, one of the, uh, someone had a fire going. That's all I knew. Um, and I saw people darting in sides of the tents in my fucking peripheral. Once that song came on, I started going on with that shit. And then they, and then everyone started really fucking going like that song got people going harder than fucking anything. I was like, what? So to anybody, dude, if you're an artist and you're insecure about your songs, or if you have like a bunch in the park and like, you're, you're like, Oh, I want to know like which one's going to hit best with the audience or I'm about to drop like an EP or an album. And I want to know like which songs, you know, to put my, my music video budget toward, um, or which ones to push the hardest dude crowd test them seriously crowd test them because the song that you think that is the most raw, 
the, the, that was done the quickest on the fly that is, you know, far from, from, uh, you know, done perfectly. And if you want to come at it from like a really analytical standpoint, but was it packed with fucking raw emotion? A hundred percent. Um, you know, but, but, uh, it was not a song that like, I wasn't, I, I was, I would, I just never expected people to respond to it that way. That was the fucking best one. I mean, I could not believe how fucking amped people got for that song. It was like, it was nuts. I was like, holy shit. So crowd test your shit, bro. Like if you're wondering like what stuff to push or what stuff to, you know, or, or just a, a, a overlying lesson for people who aren't even musicians. Um, the thing that comes straight from the depths of your most deepest, darkest, most vulnerable place that you don't ever want to see the light of day because you think people are going to hear that shit and think you're fucking crazy or like there's something wrong with you, you know, but you had to get it out, right? Because if you didn't, you might've gone through with those thoughts. So that's why I got on the mic. You know what I mean? Is to get it out. That's how I got it out. Yo, the reason why people could fucking like enjoyed that song so much, like, was it fun to dance to? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was that shit fucking slaps. But the reason why they liked it is because they could fucking relate that literally. And I was talking to the crowd afterwards that, you know, I'm not, I'm not fucking, I don't just like robotically go up there and perform shit. Like I engage with people and shit and I hear what they, what they're saying. And we fucking, you know, have our banter and then I move on to the next song. But it's like, they were fucking here for that. They were like, yes, that. Like I had someone tell me, they were like, cause they were like, yes, get even crazier. Like they, fucking, <laughs> I fucking love that. I'm like, all right, perfect. You know, cause I, if one of my songs, one of my next songs is called fucking this cult. Literally it's called psycho. So we're going to do that. And that one's fun to dance to as well. Um, but but yeah, they were like hyped, you know, they're like, yeah, like it just, it's because they can fucking relate to that darkness. You know what I mean? Like, like everybody relates to just to, to having time, not maybe not every day or right this minute, but everybody has felt, has gone through very dark things in their lives. They just have, like, if you are alive and an adult and you've never gone through like a re at least a hand. Well, for me, I'm like, yeah, pick one. But like, if you've never gone through like some fucking shit where like checking out didn't cross your mind or like some other crazy shit didn't cross your mind or you didn't know how you were going to get through it or you were just so fucking low. If you are alive and have never felt that, like uh, you're either lying or you're like, maybe you're a hybrid. Uh, maybe somebody like grew you halfway in a lab. Like, I don't know. Um, I have no idea. Like, I, I, I don't know any people like that. If, if you're one of those people, I, I actually don't envy you because that's like part of fucking the, the 3d human experience is to go through some fucking gnarly ass shit. And then like that fucking like shapes your character and then how you, uh, alchemize that or how you choose to use what, you know, your experience from that point forward is going to define, you know, who you are. And it also can be the gift that you bring to the world. You know, your greatest curse is often the biggest fucking blessing. Um, or I, I guess what I should say is our greatest blessings can often wear the mask of a curse or a hardship or a struggle. 
often that is the fucking case. I mean, like I could say the same thing about my fucking heroin addiction that to, to an average person, they'd hear that and be like, Oh, well I fucking chose not to do drugs. Okay. I'm glad you chose that bitch. That wasn't my, you know, situation when I was 12 years old and got into that shit. Um, I didn't start with heroin at 12, but I got into that fucking world at 12. Um, so, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, but like, and you know, they probably have their own fucking struggle. I don't know. I don't know them. Um, but for me that, I, I mean, I'm blessed as hell to have been a, an addict and, and lived that life. Uh, and now, because look at the life I have today. I wouldn't be making music. I wouldn't be talking about this. I wouldn't be able to help other people that seemingly no one else can help except those who have walked that road. And because of that, people are fucking alive today. And because of that, I'm alive today because there was some addicts and alcoholics and junkies, criminals, whatever, before me that got clean before me. So when I got clean and I met them and, you know, I knew it was possible because nobody, nobody could have told me shit. If you hadn't been through what I had been through, I wasn't fucking listening to you I mean, bro, you could have even been an addict or an alcoholic, but if you hadn't lived a life that I had lived, like that type of, like the, that lifestyle on that level of what the fuck, you know what I mean? Like that level of bad shit. I, like, I wouldn't even talk to you. Like I just, I was just that much of like a fuck off. Like you don't understand me. But then you meet a gang of motherfuckers who are like, oh, we, we more than understand you. You know, like a lot of, a lot of them had been further down the rabbit hole than I had. Like I, you know, I was meeting people that had fucking done bids in federal prison, like fucking like, you know, almost as long as I had been on the planet at that time. Um, so I was like, Oh shit. Uh, you know, all right, cool. Like I'll listen to them. And they had turned their lives around completely, completely. Like these are like upstanding members of the fucking community now. And so I'd listen to them, you know what I mean? And they helped me and they saved my fucking life. Um, and I was able to turn around and do the same thing for other people. So that, so, so what I'm saying is like, you know, the trauma that I went through that, you know, kind of led me to being drawn to using drugs and alcohol on a daily basis constantly. Um, you know, it was horrific, but it's a gift. I know that sounds real weird, but it's a gift because when other people go through it, I'm not the person that turns the other cheek because they're uncomfortable with someone else's pain. Like, fuck those people, first off. No, I get to be the person that's like, yo, I know what you're going through. And I get to sit with them, hold space for them. It doesn't fucking scare me, you know, and I can be a support to those people that feel so fucking alone and are in an absolute fucking crisis and in a really dark space. Like, I would rather be the person who had to pay the price of admission of extreme suffering just so I can be of service to people that are also going through it. Cause I know what it's like to go through that shit alone. It's, it's, it's horrific. I don't want anyone ever to go through that alone ever. Um, so, uh, I would rather, uh, like, I would rather have the blessing of now being qualified to be of service to people in those situations and have gone through what I had gone through as a price to pay for that qualification than to have been spared you know, all that darkness, you know, so we call it darkness. What the fuck is this fucking life? Then to have been spared, you know, we could say we could call it pain. Then to have been spared the amount of, you know, pain that I've gone through or whatever. 
just, but, but then what am I to the people that are suffering so horribly and society doesn't know what the fuck to do with those people. So they fall through the cracks. Those are the people that you see on the streets. Those are the people that you see strung out. Those are the women that you see fucking prostituting themselves. Those are the men that you see serving life sentences in prison. Like they don't have to fucking be there, dude. They don't. Uh, some people are absolute fucking psychopaths and they do, but that's, that's not the majority. It's not even close to the majority of who's in there. Um, so, so I, so I think we need people that are willing to, you know, um, that, that are, that, that understand that life is not like all sunshine and rainbows and like Hollywood and fucking whatever you feel like posting on your social media for people to form their opinions on you that you think you now have control over. Um, <laughs> cause life ain't like that, man. Life is, life is beautiful, magical, psychedelic, mystical, fucking, uh, unbelievably grand architect level designed. And no, I'm not a fucking Freemason. Um, I thought of that when I was contemplating God, I was like, oh my God, it's kind of like this grand architect and blueprint of the universe. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> then I, I was, then I found out, I was like, oh, that's like Masonic. Okay. Not, not involved with them at all. Um, but, but, you know, sometimes I'll still use that word because the way that this fucking universe is orchestrated, some of the things I've seen, I'm inexperienced. I'm like, man, there, there is no doubt in my mind that there is not some beautiful, intelligent, just powerful beyond this language force orchestrating fucking everything. Um, and I've also been through things where I'm like, yeah, hell's not after this. Hell is here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, it's, it's hell and heaven are here, bro. Um, you know, take a little, if, if you're not sober and in recovery and you, you fuck with psychedelics, you know, do it in the right conditions. But if you want to see other realms, uh, you know, DMT is, is, uh, what you want. Uh, I know that there are other places besides this earth, but now I see, this is what happens, bro. I get all over the place. So let's, let's, how long have I even been talking for? I don't fucking know. Um, I just, uh, unleashed, uh, farewell is never forever. And I just went off on pretty much everything except the song. So let's just touch on the song and then I'm going to hop off. Uh, but I did want to release this song. Obviously the music, there's, there's a lyric video that's mad dope. I have somebody who designs, uh, lyric videos for me, like, uh, animated ones. Uh, he lives in Morocco and he's like, he's so fucking cool, dude. So he, there's a beautiful, um, lyric video on YouTube that is now out. Um, so if you want to check that out, just go onto YouTube and look up testimona. Um, and it's, you know, right there. Um, and then on any music streaming platform, if you want to stream it, that's cool. You know, testimony on literally fucking everything. Um, or if you want to actually like, uh, if you want to purchase the music and support it that way and make your own price, you can find me on Bandcamp. So testimony.bandcamp.com or find me on any social media at testimony and the link that's going to be in that bio, there will be a Bandcamp option when you click it. Uh, Bandcamp is, is dope like that. Uh, they take the least amount of money from you and, uh, you also get to pick how much you want to pay. So it's like, it's fucking up to you what you want to pay for the music. Um, but yeah, this song farewell is never forever is now by the time you're hearing it, it's out everywhere. Uh, I'm recording this the night before and it's, uh, the, oh God, 
So here's the deal. I'm just going to fucking level with you. Um, I got involved with an individual that I could spot some fucking red flags with in the beginning, uh, that I knew were going to trigger the shit out of, uh, my issues and my own, uh, you know, unresolved trauma. Like I, I knew that I was like, Oh fuck. Like just from the jump, I was just like, "Mm," like, you know what I mean? And, uh, I remember talking to my friends about it and I was like, man, this motherfucker, like this and that. And they were like, well, how about you don't let like those things, you know, uh, make you bias against him. Like give him a chance or something like give yourself a fucking chance, like, or just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy it for what it is. Like, just let yourself have the experience and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well I'm, I want to, I want to try to not be jaded and biased and assume it's going to be like all the other ones or you know, like let fear essentially prevent me from having this experience, even if it does end in flames, like whatever I'm. So I entered the experience knowing full well that, you know, okay, this is a person who has tendencies that I really don't like. There was obviously a lot of good things about him. Otherwise I wouldn't have, you know, why would I, why would there be any allure? Like there were some very fucking dope things about him for sure. Um, but there were also some things that are typically deal breakers. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll see how, how, how this goes and we'll see, you know, if, if this is a problem or not, you know, down the road. But what I was conscious of is this is going to be a great, uh, opportunity for me to practice when I get triggered, um, doing that work that comes up in me. Like, so this part, so, so let's see, let's see if I can engage with a person like that, that normally triggers the shit out of all my fucking issues. Um, you know, and he was not abusive. If, if this was an abusive person, no, I'm sorry. No, I, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm not being around you. It wasn't like that. It wasn't that kind of stuff. Um, so no, there was, there was zero abuse. Uh, it was never like, it was, that was not, not ever a problem. I would never do that. Um, I've had enough of that. Thank you. So, so I was like, all right, well, this is definitely going to like, you know, hit it all of my fucking shit, all my little abandonment issues, all my little insecurities, whatever. It's going to hit all that for sure. Cause this person is a fucking wild card and like also not very consistent and like, kind of like just, you know, a little dicey. Uh, so I was just like, all right, you know, whatever, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, and I'm like, this is a great opportunity for me to practice a detachment. Uh, and that's why you heard in the lyrics, you taught me the detachment of the Aquarian way. So, you know, spoiler alert, he was a fucking Aquarius. Um, I typically don't fuck with Aquarians at all in, um, any type of more than friend situation because sorry, but y'all like, you are so fun. I love you guys. And you make really fucking awesome friends, great friends. Um, and I fuck with that energy and I seem to attract it like crazy, which is annoying. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, please don't be a fucking Aquarius. Because if you, if you get in the realm of anything beyond friendship with these motherfuckers, it, bro, I mean, what are Aquarians known for? And I'm sorry, but the stereotype is there for a fucking reason. 
Find me an Aquarius that proves this wrong and I will shut the fuck up about it forever. I will never say it again. I would love to meet that. But up until now, um, literally what Aquarian energy is known for, that, that energy, I don't care where it's placed in your chart, it is, it is an energy of detachment. There is an asset to that, right? Like, like Aquarians, let me just say this. They do typically, not all of them, but typically do good in like larger group networking settings. Uh, they would make like great politicians, great leaders, great community organizers, like, you know, just good with larger groups, like humanitarian type stuff. Uh, the think like the collective, you know what I mean? They're great with that. Uh, one-on-one relationships, trash. Um, they, they re that energy really is, is very cold and detached and unemotional and struggles. Um, because the Aquarians that I've been involved with on any kind of more than friend dynamic, um, it's not like they didn't have emotions. They totally did. It was just very, it was just very hard for them to, um, consistently, you know, keep, keep a certain type of energy. You know, they're very like fucking on off, hot, cold, like just kind of all over the fucking place. And, uh, I understand that to a degree. Like I've had those tendencies myself, but like, if you're dealing with an Aquarius, it's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Like if somebody is emotionally mature and like evolved and has done work and is like aware, you know, then that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, there, I mean, I, you know, you can deal with it. You can totally deal with it. But if, if someone is, you know, uh, incredibly emotionally unavailable and, and maybe that person has a lot of unresolved trauma or other issues themselves, then you throw the whole Aquarian archetype on top of it. Fucking nightmare. But the truth is, is that, you know, being involved with anybody that has a lot of unresolved issues and is emotionally unavailable is a fucking nightmare. It doesn't matter what their fucking sun sign is. It, it really doesn't. Uh, and also I have unresolved issues too. I'm not like some fucking saint that's like perfect in relationships. Like I have unresolved shit too. Um, I choose to work on it, but, uh, I fuck up, you know, uh, I go through my phases where I fuck up a little bit more than normal. Um, so, you know, no angel. And I talk about that in the fucking song too. So the song originally started, it originally started because, you know, I was involved in this situation. Um, I was well aware of where the other person was at. Um, but I, you know, I, you know, and I, I accepted that and I had patience for that. And I was like, you know, I'm going to keep distance, not have unrealistic expectations, but also enjoy the person for who they are, because there were qualities about this individual that I really, really, really loved. Um, so I was like, that's dope, you know? So I, so I was like, it was worth it to me. It was worth it to me, but then it got to the point where it fucking wasn't. But in between that space, um, in between that space, uh, you know, uh, I, I really don't want to talk about like this individual's life. Uh, if, if he was up here on the podcast, you know, he could tell you, but, uh, we are not talking at the moment. Uh, and I don't know if I'll ever talk to this person again, actually. Um, but not by my choice either. Uh, this is just the way it went down. It didn't go down very well. Um, and you know, that individual is processing it, how they need to process it. And that's not my fucking business. But, um, 
but uh you know they were going through some stuff and and I was like okay this is gonna be where like this this ends and our paths fork off and split like let's just say they had a a a journey to go on let's just say that and I'm not saying anything else uh but it there was no like weirdness or animosity or like anything and I thought I I was like okay this is like where you let this is where you let the person go this is where you let go um, because like they got to go, you know, like, you know, to handle some shit, uh, in their own lives. This, so this is where you, this is where I bow out. Um, and the person was like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I just have to like, <laughs> I'm just doing this thing or whatever. But it basically was a situation where, um, you know, the, the I knew that the dynamic was going to change, uh, to, you know, to a degree. And that person had some work they needed to do. And like, they needed the space to, to do it. And it's like, uh, yeah, I fucking get that a hundred percent. And so it's like when I uh when I wrote this song, Farewell is Never Forever, that actually came from him. That was something he said to me. Um he worded it I mean it was a little he, obviously there was more than just that. Like but that's just what I drew out of it. That, and that's when I started writing the song. So we were still involved with each other. Um you know, when, when that was sent or whatever. Cause I was thinking, oh, okay, this is goodbye. Like, you know, I like, you're going to go on this journey da, da, da. And I was like, okay, like I care about this person enough to not be fucking, you know, in my feelings about it or sad about it. Like I, I actually had a profound level of like gratitude about it. Um, and like a, a genuine feeling of love. Like, I don't mean like in love, like, but just genuine, like heart to heart love for this person. And, and that, and it was powerful. And I'm like, wow, that's new. Um, I'm not thinking about myself or things changing or, you know, you know, like how am I, you know, me and my needs or my wants or whatever. It was just like, no, I was just, I'm I'm grateful for this person, grateful for the experience. Don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to like, you know, do my thing and I'm going to like give them space to do what they need to do for themselves right now in their situation. Um, and it, it was, it was, a, it was like a, a level of a, like maturity that I hadn't really experienced before. Like, it was just like, you know, if you, if you care about somebody like, and you want the best for them, it, even if that means you're not, you know, there with them like absolutely get the fuck out of the way absolutely let them go and let them do their fucking thing apps and wish them the best and that was dead ass genuine and I actually felt that and that was a beautiful feeling um to just be able to do that um you know even whether whether it would have been a situation where like we would have still been involved regardless or whether it would have been a situation where we would have never seen each other again it wouldn't have fucking mattered to me. I was, I was ready for a total release just because I was like, yeah, I, this person is fucking beautiful and amazing soul. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, that's why I say in the, in the chorus, um, I say, I hope you have it all. Uh, what else did I say? Fuck. I know that just kind of made me emotional. It was weird. Um, yeah, but when I say I hope you have it all, like the highest of love, fly and don't look down as below, so above. Um, there's obviously a couple different meanings going on there, but um, but it really was that. It really, I, I mean, dead ass. Like I, like I, I wished nothing but 
like total freedom and happiness and love and the ability, you know, to, to allow yourself to have those experiences in this, in this life. Like that was really what I wanted for this person a hundred percent. And, and I'm not saying I don't want that now. I'm just saying like things got a little rocky after, like after that. Um, so that's where, that's when I started writing the song and I was writing it from that perspective. So, and we had, so I had, I, I had not walked away from the situation yet is what I'm saying to you. So the lyrics obviously in the verses changed as the situation changed, but the thing that I left completely intact and did not change was the chorus because that was me letting go and wishing well with actual authentic, genuine love. And I'm like, you know what? That is real shit. And I'm not changing that just because the situation has changed and because I now actually do have a lot of fucking grief or anger or confusion or sadness or fill in the blank that I didn't have when I started writing the song. Cause I could have easily, I almost scrapped the song. I remember telling my vocal coach that I was like, cause I was starting to feel myself starting to get like, I'm not going to get into what it was but things did change. Like I said, in the lyrics, then things went sideways and joy began to rot, felt my energy decay. Cause I fucking did. So I stopped the clock, meaning I pulled the fucking plug. I exited the situation. I explained why, you know, and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm out. Like I can't, this isn't like, I can't like, I, like I, I got, like, I can't do this. Um, because it went from, something that, well, basically it went from what it was to like something that was like really generating pretty much a constant state of, um, unpleasant emotions. And it was like beyond, you know, is this just you getting triggered with your shit? No, it it was not. It was literally like, dude, this is absolute bullshit. And like, this is, this has crossed the line for something that I can have patience for. Like this is literally now turned into a situation where I'm, you know, accepting, entertaining and tolerating, uh, a dynamic that is so nowhere near, um, what anybody who wants a healthy relationship and is capable of also doing one, you know, deserves like, it just was, I'm like, this is fucking insane. Like, I, wh- what am I dumping my energy? I felt like my energy was just being like, like the, like I, it felt like the fucking joy and happiness and presence and gratitude and everything was just being like sucked out of me. Like it was, it, it, it was a fucking horrible feeling. It really was. So like I had to get the fuck out. I did. Um, I really did. It wasn't the, you know, that that person was doing what that person was doing. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. That's their fucking journey. Um, But for me, I was like, this is fucking really causing some serious problems. And like, it's, you know, I don't need this, that in my life. Like, that's not the kind of relationship. I don't want relationships like that in my life. Ones that, you know, ones that are constantly generating, uh, horrible feelings. Like, no, who the fuck wants that? No. You know, if it's, if it was something within me that I could work on and I I could see plain as day that the other person wasn't doing fuck all. And it was just like me doing, you know, whatever, that's a totally different story. But 
it did come down to the fact of like, yo, dude, like I, I was just looking at myself in the situation. I'm like, dude, I fucking like, I deserve so much fucking better than this. Like, what the fuck am I doing in this situation? Like, this is just, this is ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. And so I, I got the fuck out. Um, and when I did, um, you know, I didn't initially do it in a mean way at all. Um, but I was very honest. I didn't pull any punches of why I was, you know, exiting the situation, but, um, I wasn't like mean or like a bitch about it. Like I was just like, you know, I was actually really fucking sad. I didn't want to be leaving. I did it because I knew that I fucking deserved better and I I had to protect myself. Um, and I knew that I, I deserved to be treated better than that. Uh, but I still fucking had feelings for the person. Um, you know, but I had to fucking leave. I mean, I, you know, like I knew, I knew they weren't fucking changing. So, so I had to say that, you know, and, and I, and I dipped and, uh, the, the counter response that I received was, uh, surprising. Um, and then I was like, Oh, you want to take it there? Okay. And then it turned into like a fucking, you know, pretty nasty exchange. Um, and then it was left there. So that, and, and so now it's, it's been a little bit and it's like, you look back on that shit and, and, you know, like something that you are trained to do when you've been in recovery is to look at your part in a situation that went south. Um, regardless, like you dis or should I say, regardless of the, what the other person did. Like you have to disregard the other person entirely and look at like your actions and like, okay, you know, where did I go wrong? Like, where did I not act in, in, uh, in integrity to like my fucking standards and, and my spirit, you know, wh- like, where did I fuck up? Uh, do I owe an amends for my behavior? Like, again, like disregarding their behavior entirely. Like there's no, you can't come into you're, you're inventorying your own fucking behavior is, is what it is. So I've, so I've dealt with, you know, I've been doing that. And a lot of, like I said, the truth bombs about myself, holy shit, bro. Like I, I definitely seen a lot come through, um, a lot and there, and there, and regardless, like, you know, was there fuck shit and dumb shit going on? Like, yeah, there was. And like, am I still very confused about certain things? For sure. Um, was there shit that I'm not okay with? Yeah. Uh, was there also stuff that I did that I, you know, I would say if I could go back in time, I wouldn't have done it that way. But I, I'm also of the belief that everything happens exactly the way it has to happen in order for all of us to like hit, you know, whatever stage of evolution we're supposed to hit in this incarnation. I believe that. Because in that situation, like in the way that I behaved, would I, if, if I was in that situation again, would I do the same thing? Fuck no. No. I would not, I would not act the same. I would, I would have handled that situation very differently. Um, and I, I mean, it still probably would have resulted in me walking away or, or, or us parting ways. But it wouldn't have been so fucking messy because it got messy. And that just like, ugh, like you don't like, I mean that, no bro. And like a few weeks after that happened, like one of my fucking closest friends from back home on the West coast died. And that's like the fifth fucking person that has died. That has been 
mad close to me and like a huge part of my fucking life for years, like in less than a year. Like it, the year is coming. Okay, I'm not even gonna get into that. Um, it, but it's there. But the the people that have died this year, almost a year. The five that have. I mean, they were very very close. One of them was the was my former fiance and the closest that it, probably anybody's ever been to me, uh, by far. And he fucking died. Um, and then, then my fucking, you know, then two of my best friends are gone. My fucking childhood friends gone. My fucking other comrades gone. Like, it just was like nuts, dude. Like so many people. So I bring that up because that even twisted a knife in it even more. Because when you lose people suddenly and you have like, uh, damaged or like fucked up, you know, relations with the living, it, it actually makes those burn even fucking more. Cause you're like, yo, like what the fuck are we all doing? And if you follow me on social media, I would suggest Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Um, also telegram, but do the other ones. If you, if you're on those, um, uh, Uh, you probably saw my video then that I did last night where I was like, you know, it's a heartbreaking question to ask what the fuck are we doing when you look around at human relationships? Because the real gold lies in the question, what the fuck am I doing? That's where the truth bombs and the healing and the fucking just massive unpeeling and a whack-a-mole rabbit hole fucking craziness that I've been dealing with for the last fucking two months of just like, what the fuck? So that's why a lot of music's been getting made. You know what I mean? Because that's part of how I channel and process this shit. Um, but, but yeah, it really does, dude. It, it really, it really just, you're just like, really? Like, because anytime someone close to you fucking dies, you're just like, holy shit. Death is the best teacher of like, basically what death says is like, yo, like, of what you concern yourself with and get into a fucking hissy fit over or give a fuck about or get mad about or sad about or stress about literally means nothing. That's what death will teach you. Death is like, yeah, the only thing that matters in life is like love and the way that you fucking interact with other human beings, like your relationships, your memories. Um, What did... What did you add to someone else's life? What did someone else add to your life? Like what kind of memories did you guys create? Um, what, you know, what was the meaning of the co-created reality that you guys had that we call relationship? Um, that's what fucking matters. Literally everything else disappears. I don't give a fuck if you're about to lose your house and have no money in the goddamn bank. You lose someone close enough to you, nothing else matters except like what arises in that fucking moment, dude. And I've said this before, cause I've, I mean, I've, I've had to learn this the hard way. I really do believe that grief in the aftermath of death is one of the most potent forms of love. Um, it is a, not the love that they make songs about. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and it's, uh, not really recognizes that 
but it is, it's in there. Um, and I could tell you stories, but I've already been talking a real long time and that's kind of for a different podcast, I guess. I've already fucking podcasted about death like fucking three times. Um, cause, probably cause I've been dealing with it a lot, but, but yeah, I mean it, grief is a, a very, very high and I think sacred expression of love but it is so agonizing that it, it you would almost rather have a fucking limb amputated. I mean, it feels like part of your soul is getting ripped out of you. Um, de- de- of course, depending on who it was, right? Like if it's someone that you barely knew, then like, no, you're not going to have that experience. But if it's somebody that you spent the majority of your life with, like, yeah, bruh, you're, uh, you know, you're going to go through some things uh, for a while um, and you will likely never be the same again. But, you know, again, like with anything, that's how are you going to how are you going to carry that experience? Are you going to wear it as a badge of honor? Because, you know, the degree of your pain is merely evidence of the degree of the fucking joy that or uh, well, yeah, joy, too. But of love that you guys had, you know, that that is how hard you fucking loved is how fucking painful it was when you lost. That is how hard. And so that is a beautiful fucking thing. It really, really is. But yes, it hurts so much. I understand that. Um, so yeah, okay. I got a little off topic again on that one. But, but at the same time, not really. Um, so yeah, it, that, that kind of twisted shit a bit for me. Um, losing another person again and then having this shit. You know, because yeah, it was, it was more so there, there was a lot of lessons for me. Um, I think more so toward the end of the dynamic. And so, so the lyrics changed to reflect that. But the reason why this song is so fucking different is because despite all the fucking pain and the range of emotions, I went probably everyone you could fucking think of, even like a homicidal rage. I'm not even kidding you. And like it, it, feelings of extreme betrayal and just so much pain, so much fucking hurt, so much confusion, so much like, what the fuck? Like there was so much of that. Um, but still putting out the song of, Hey, guess what's also still here underneath all that shit. What's also still here and will pop its head up you know, from time to time, even when I'm in the thick of all those unpleasant emotions or rageful emotions, vengeful emotions, whatever is, is love. And one could be like, well, how do you have all those at once? Fucking, I don't know. Uh, probably because, you know, the love, the love is truth. And that's just something that we all have in us, unless you're a sociopath. Um, in which case, God bless, better luck next incarnation. But, um, you know, we all have that and like, that'll get fucking that it's, it's just fucking there. All the other emotions on top of it. That's all like it's noise, you know, and it's, it's valid too. You know, like we get hurt by each other, but it's like, I'm also well aware that my reactions to, to like the situation were heightened to the degree that they were because of prior experiences, not because of the situation itself, not even because of this person. It was a culmination, if I even said that word right, of 
my whole life experiences and unhealed wounds. And like I said, everything got fucking lit up and triggered. And I had to, you know, I'm still fucking to, to a degree riding, riding the waves. Um, but, but yeah, it, cause it's, it's stuff from my past, dude. It's, I mean, it, I can, I can trace it all the way back to fucking childhood, early childhood. I really can. Um, it really, everything got lit up. And so, so it wasn't just about that. So that's also where it's like, oh, you know, like I definitely, you know, maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to make a fucking amends for, for my behavior, but that's not something I'm going to podcast about right now. Um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, you react a little extra sometimes because you're, because you're reacting from a space of extra. It's, you're not just reacting to the situation. Um, but that's why relationships are such great, like fucking training grounds for growth really, or just grounds for growth fucking period, because they'll trigger shit that nothing else fucking will. And again, then when you get a twin flame dynamic, that's why they're so fucking unpleasant is because you guys are basically mirrors to each other's unhealed shit. And then you set it off. You know, it's that whole concept of, um, living in a house of mirrors, thinking you're looking out a window, you know, that's probably the best analogy for, you know, the blame delusion archetype that there fucking is, you know, like people blaming every other motherfucker around them for their pain and half to half, if not more of the time, the very behavior that they're hating or complaining about or you know, punishing other people for they exhibit themselves and they're not even fucking aware of it. And you want to know what one of my truth bombs was in one of my little meditative states? I found out that was true for me. I was like, ah, shit. Like (laughs) a lot of the things that I was like most, you know, upset with this individual over, uh, turns out I have those tendencies too. Turns out I make people feel like that too. Turns out I do the same fucking thing. Um, So I'm like, ain't that a bitch? The thing that I fucking might hate most in other people, I fucking do it myself. My God. It's it's kind of funny almost. Um, So I'm glad I saw it because then you can correct it and work on it and, and, you know, stop that shit. Um, you know, because we, we do have control over that, but you don't, if it's unconscious, so you have to be able to see it. So that's, that's why those dynamics exist. They have a utility. It's, it's for you to fucking see the unconscious unhealed and often destructive parts of yourself that need to be fucking healed, attended to, and, and, you know, you know, excavated, integrated, whatever word you want to use, So you can fucking evolve to the next level that you need to be at. So you have less shit in your way. So you can, uh, you know, execute your soul's fucking purpose here on this earth in this incarnation. That's the fucking, that's the whole point of those twin flame dynamics, dude. It's not what people like people get twin flames and soulmates confused and uh, like, whatever, I'm not going to get into the twin flame debate, but like, that's the dynamic I'm fucking talking about is when y'all are like, y'all got some fucking similarities and like, you know, I can't speak on that individual or what his experience has been since, you know, things burned to the ground, uh, very kind of painfully kind of as an understatement. Um, cause I don't fucking know. I have no idea. 
I have, I have zero idea after the, the, after the unfavorable event, um, went down, there has been no communication. So I don't fucking know. Um, and I might never know. And it's really not my fucking business either. And it's not my fucking responsibility. It's, it, it is not where my focus should be. My focus needs to be in my own fucking life. My focus needs to be back on the, the blessings that are in here. But I did have to go through a period of like where it kind of felt like everything just kind of got uprooted, right? Like my one of my fucking you know closest friends fucking dies. Um, that relationship, you know, with this individual went out the window. Um, I also fucking had a housing crisis and had to relocate, not out of the Nashville area. Like I'm still in Tennessee. Um, but the place I was staying at became a place that it went from like, fuck this place to this place is genuinely not a safe place and like fuck living here. So I had to like get the fuck out like hella fast. So, so there was a lot going on like all at once. And then there was a few other things too that I don't really need to mention, but, um, there was a lot going on all at once. And, uh, I'm like, you know, I need to be, I need to get back my life back on track because it feels like everything just got turned upside down and, um, you know, keep moving forward and also learn from this and evolve and find out, okay, okay. What's the lesson in this shit? That's when the truth bombs came to me is when I, I prayed cause I was, I was in such a fucked up place and, uh, God, you know, I even fucking, I've never been religious or nothing, bro. Like nothing. But, uh, I did meet somebody who's a friend of mine and he took me to a, a church that he goes to. And, you know, I wound up, uh, oh God, how did this fucking happen? Uh, dude, so much weird spiritual shit has happened too. Like, fuck. Oh my God. Um, it's, it's been crazy. It's been all kinds of experiences in the last couple months, but, um, I did a couple of different things, but I do remember praying and just asking, um, universe creator, God, like whatever you want to say, but I was just like, you know, show me what I need to, what I'm supposed to learn in this experience. And I will not argue. I will not try to make fucking negotiations of what my fucking work is in here or what I'm supposed to see. I will not fucking you know, like try to bargain with you, like nothing. Like I will just accept, I surrender. I accept whatever I'm supposed to see. Please show me, you know, and dude, I was fucking shown. Uh, it was not fun, but it was also awesome. But it was Jesus Christ is like getting a suplex from the fucking universe. It's like, whoa. Um, so that was kind of a, a curveball there. Uh, and you know, still integrating that experience. Uh, that was like a three day straight thing where it was like just truth bombs and revelations that were just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, so, you know, that's, that's good shit. Cause it gives you stuff to go off of, you know, um, when you learn these new truths about yourself, you're like, all right, I do that and I've been doing that for a, most of my life and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't, I don't want to do that at all. It's actually like, fuck that shit. So great. Now I'm aware of it. Now I can fucking, now I can work on it. Now I can address it. Now I can address the root issue of why I even behave that way in the first fucking place. And I cannot do it anymore. Like that's awesome. That makes you a better fucking person. And it makes you like in, in every aspect uh, but is the process fucking squeaky clean and, you know, fucking happy all the time? No fucking kidding me. It's messy as fuck. And that's what, that's what makes life so fucking hilarious sometimes. 
Um, so that's Farewell is Never Forever. Uh, like I said, it was a three-part series. Everyone's favorite piece of trash is in that series because that came out of that too when I was... That, cause that's literally how I felt. I was just like, you know, how could... You know, you know when you get in that space. Like, how could this have happened? Like, how could you have done this? Like, how could... Da, 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 you, feel, you feel like you got burned or done wrong over some shit and you're like, you know, and then like all those feelings come up and you feel like, you're like, well, you know, I guess I'm just everyone's favorite, but still a piece of trash. You know, like everyone's favorite piece of fucking trash. Like apparently, you know, whatever. You'll hear the fucking song. It's not out yet. Um, and then there was another song that came from that, which was more of like a bounce back song and more of like a healing song, um, which was called Thanks for the Reminder. <laughs> And that one is actually a really fun song. Um, it's much, it's very upbeat. So you have a sad song, you have a really dark trap song, uh, and then you have like a fucking kind of like a, you know, upbeat, almost jazzy hip hop, like just kind of like you know, just just feeling good vibes type of song. And I actually rapped that whole song. That whole song was a rap song, uh, and that that's a fuck. That was a really fun song to perform too. Um, so it's like the whole rabbit hole of like, you know, sadness, rage, despair, and then like a return to self and a revelation and like confidence and like appreciation. Um, and you can go through that damn cycle fucking more than once, (laughs) you know what I mean? But this song was special to me because... Um, I almost didn't release it. And then when I decided to continue with it, cause I, something in me was like, no, you have to show that you felt this way about somebody you have. Cause I, this is not the only motherfucker I've felt that way about. You know what I mean? It's not the only person I've been hurt by. It's not the only person that I've felt strongly for in a positive way. No, um, it's not, is this, you know what I mean? This person isn't like a fucking unicorn, but, but have I ever spoken on it before? No. Why? Pride. Simple. Simple. I mean, that motherfucker probably doesn't even know how I felt about him. Literally, like I, I, 99.9%. I leave some room for chance. He is a very intuitive person, but I don't think he really fully knew. Like, cause I was, you know, kind of keeping it at bay. Why? Pride. So like, also if I want to avoid another shit show, it'd probably be best if I like didn't do that either. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I kind of was like, you know, not, not fully, uh, like I never fully let my guard down in that situation ever, ever. Um, and who gets really hurt with that the most, you know, ultimately I discovered in the process of this, and that's what the fucking whole point of the goddamn song was for is so I could, you know, put that out there because who suffers most when you don't speak your truth? You. That's fucking who. Other people might. You know what I mean? Some yes, some no. Some do, and then they're going to tell you no because they don't want to admit it. And some genuinely don't give a fuck. Uh, but what I notice is ultimately the person who suffers the most when I have emotions or feelings or truths that I want to express, but out of fear and pride or anticipation of possible getting hurt in the future or is running the show and I don't express that. Well, I'm not living, I'm not living in congruence with my fucking internal world versus external. So I'm living a fucking lie. I'm not being authentic. And, um, that is, uh, and I'm betraying my own fucking heart. I'm breaking my own fucking heart when I do that shit. You know, I don't like that. So 
um, not doing that again. And I have done that a lot in my life, a lot. And I see that now and I'm never doing it again. I would rather fucking be vulnerable and open and real with somebody and get hurt than fucking have my guard up, you know, the way that I did and still get hurt. But then it hurts twice as bad. Cause you're like, well, it went to shit anyway. And on top of that, that motherfucker doesn't even fucking really know how I really felt, which doesn't sit well with me, especially when I got people fucking dying around me, fucking left and right. And cause what's, what do you, what, what happens when someone dies, right? You think back on the last time you saw them, talk to them. You think back on your last interaction. You you think back on your whole relationship with them. And I am telling you right now, I have had to make amends at grave sites before because I've had fucking friends that have died And like, we were on, like, we had things left unsaid, you know, between the two of us. Like maybe we were estranged, but they were, had been like my best friend or something. And then they fucking were dead. And it's like, fuck, yo, dude, you don't know when someone's numbers up. And like, when someone goes, that's it. You don't get to fucking clear the air or make amends or fucking repair damage You don't get to tell them that you love them. You don't get to say, I'm sorry, they're gone, you know? And so you do it other ways. You know, there are, I've absolutely had to make amends to to people who are no longer in their physical form, 100%. I've had some very, very fucking supernatural experiences when I've done that. Um, But you just, so, so I shouldn't say you don't get to make amends, but you don't get to in the same fucking way. And like, it doesn't sit well with me having that type of shit, you know, floating around when, when then I got loved ones dying and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, I don't, it's like when people are dying around you, you're always reminded of mortality and you're like, you never know when anyone's numbers up and you know, a good way to gauge, you know, like your human relations and the quality of them and whether or not they need some fucking tune-ups is like, how would you, would you be okay with things are being the way they are and everything being said or not said it? Like if one of the two of you was to die like today or tomorrow, would you be cool with that? Or would you have regrets? Would you be like, Oh, I wish I would have been more present with them. I wish I would have enjoyed the little things more. I wish I would have not been on my phone so much. I wish I would have told them I appreciated them more. I wish I would have been, I wish I would have said this one thing that one time or I, you know, whatever, like, or I wish I would have told them I fucking love them. I never did ever. Or I wish I wouldn't have, you know, portrayed like I didn't give a fuck when I really did, you know, that kind of shit. That's, that's not something that you want. And in some situations with the living, you can make amends. I've done it a million fucking times and like, I will continue to do it when I fucking have actions that harm others. Um, but in some situations you cannot because the thing about making amends to somebody, um, is if, if that individual is not in a place where they are comfortable having a conversation with you or for, for whatever reason, it's their reason. But if, if, if they're, in a mental space where they don't want to talk to you and they're going through whatever they're going through, you have to respect that. You can't 
force yourself into a, I mean, that's just going to cause more harm. So you can reach out and say, you know, yo, I'd like to have a conversation to kind of like amend my behavior, but it's up to them if they fucking want to have that conversation. And if they don't, then you don't get to make the amends, you know, and you live with it and you, you know, whatever, and whatever happens, happens, you know, you, you tried, you know, but it's not, it's not up to you. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't fucking, you know, you, you don't get to cause more harm. You know, if, if you're in a situation like that, you, you just let the fucking person go, let them fucking live their lives. That's it. And just, and you know, don't fucking do that shit again. Um, and you never know what'll happen in the future. Maybe years down the road, you'll, you'll run into each other and you'll fucking make amends and laugh about it. And then be like, all right, let's fucking see you in the next life. Like, I have no idea. Life's weird. Human relations are weird, but I wanted to take a snapshot of that experience in a, in a bottle in song form. And I wanted to put it out there because I never do that shit. And also, I guess that was kind of, that was me getting to say some things that I wish I would have been, I wish I would have had the fucking courage to say in that dynamic, but that is not the case anymore. So I put it in a fucking song. Um, do I think this person is going to hear it? No. Uh, <laughs> like, but that's not the point. The point is that like I admitted it out loud to myself uh, and just put it out there and was just honest because ultimately when you withhold and repress emotions, the person you're betraying the most and lying to the most is yourself at the end of the day. That is who you are ultimately harming the most uh, and it will show up in all kinds of weird ways. Unfulfillment anxiety, anger, decay, just depression, like whatever. I don't fucking know, dude. Uh, 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 urges of escapism, you know, like that's usually people that are fucking chronic escapists, um, have lots of repressed emotions and that's what they're running from. Uh, so it's, it's not a good thing to do and it, and it definitely hurts people, but, um, yeah, not, it'll, it'll fuck you up. So, so that was me just being like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm over that. Like I, I am willing to allow myself to be seen in a vulnerable state. I'm willing to admit that like that, 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 yeah, you can love somebody who, who fucking hurt you. And for all, you know, doesn't give two fucking shits about you for all, you know, doesn't give a flying fuck. Or I could be wrong. I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. I don't know. And you have to be okay with not knowing. You know what I mean? You just got to fucking keep moving. But um, but to just be able to admit that shit. I mean, maybe for some people that's not hard. But for me, it's like one of the hardest things. Like is, you know, being vulnerable with your emotions like that. Um, especially when it comes, for me, when it comes to like interactions or dynamics, relationships, whatever, with the opposite sex, that is an area of life for me that, that it's uh, very hard for me to let my guard down in. It takes a lot of time. And if shit gets lit up, like, Oh God, it's not fun. But you know, that's something that that's, that's part of stuff that I get to work on in this incarnation. So making that song was, was part of that process, part of taking some steps in the right direction and, and getting honest and just being like, you know what? Like the pride shit's got to go, you know, the, the fear has got to go because ultimately what is the most important thing right here is truth. That is, is, is truth. And I think that there's, I really do believe that there is real love 
inside every person. And sometimes we're, con- I think we're conditioned to like shut, shut it down if external circumstances don't match like whatever the fuck Disney movie we saw when we were fucking like kids or whatever the fuck. I don't fucking know. But um, sometimes you love in situations that just don't make any fucking sense and that are just messy and that are confusing and what the fuck. But, you know, and it's like, you know what? Just just be a, whatever. It's fine. That's, 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 that's still, that's cool. It doesn't have to be fucking all whatever the fuck. You don't have to stay in it, like, you know, leave, but you don't have to like snuff out the love that lives within you either. Cause ultimately it's emanating from you out. It's not something that you're siphoning in, at least not in in my experience. Like the love that I feel comes from within me and goes out. And I'm not going to shame myself for it, you know, landing on a person that maybe I sometimes feel like I wish it wouldn't have. Um, it landed there for a fucking reason. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I think that that should be honored regardless of any other circumstances or regardless of how people are behaving now. I think that that deserves to be fucking honored regardless. I, I really do. Um, and I think it deserves to be honored in everybody. So, and, and in myself as well, you know, and so I kind of had to set myself free. So that was me doing that in this song. And y'all just heard like story time from my fucking ass. Uh, I hope you're listening to this at night (laughs) or like on a long road trip. All right. I'm, uh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm signing off motherfucker. Um, Love you all. Uh, next show is already booked. I'm so excited, but I'm not going to say anything about it until like final, 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 final things are dialed in because it's uh, one that's going to require some travel. So um, I have to deal with fucking airlines and shit. Um, but I'll be talking to you about it and uh, more stuff locally and definitely got some amazing music projects going on. Uh, here right now, but I guess for now, let's just chill. I I do this. I I need to not do this. Let's just fucking chill, bro. I just, I just released a song. You're hearing it the night it's released. I probably, or maybe like a couple days after, I don't know. And, uh, let's just chill on this song. So for all anybody knows, this is all that's going on. I'm not even going to talk about all the other shit. Um, So farewell is never forever is a form of self-liberation and uh, acknowledging the truth and the love that is innate and uh, that there is a seemingly infinite amount of within all of us, Uh, believe it or not. It's just that pride can, is an unbelievable uh, method of concealment and what's even better than pride. If you want to hide that shit, fear, fear. 100%. That is what's got people acting a fool, including yours truly. So yeah, it is amazing what fear, it it is mind blowing what fear can do. Holy shit, my friend. It is, I mean, like when I came out of that bubble, when I told you I had those truth bomb revelations, I was horrified at myself. I was like, oh my God. I've been running on so much fear and emotion and anger that it literally felt, I'm like, how is this any different from like coming off of a fucking drug bender? 
how is this any different from like coming off of a fucking meth bender or like an alcohol bender or whatever? I'm not going to say heroin. Cause like with heroin, it's like, you just kind of not out and you're just kind of like not really awake. So <laughs> that's not what was going on, but it was one of those things where I came out of it and I was, it took a month for me to get to that point, by the way. And I came out of it and I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck did I just do? Like for the people that have like had those drunken nights where like you kind of like maybe behave in ways that you're not super proud of. And then the next morning you're like, Oh my God, what did I do when I drank, got so fucking drunk last night? You know what I mean? It's like, that's literally what it felt like, but there was no drugs or alcohol involved. It was literally just fucking emotions and like being in a state of fight or flight. That's how powerful emotions are and thoughts and the brain and all that shit. Like my God. So yeah, another little dose of truth right there. Um, so yeah, so I'm really glad that this song came out. Um, I remember when I heard it, it was just like, like when I finished writing it, recording it, whatever, sent it off to my engineer to get it mastered and all that stuff. And when I heard it, when it got sent back to me and I was just, and I played it in my car and I was like, oh my God, like it literally like made me emotional. Like I, it on so many levels. So I'm, I'm so glad that I did it uh, because I almost didn't. And I remember telling my vocal coach, I was like, dude, I'm this close to throwing this fucking song out because Cause the anger and the ego, I could feel it creeping in. And I'm like, dude, once it creeps in all my fucking little, like sentimental feelings will shut off. And historically that has always been the case. Always is as soon as anger shows up, it's fuck you and fuck you forever. Um, but that didn't happen this time. I saw it coming and I was like, no, 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 no. And I like pushed through it or whatever. And I just did the song and, uh, the anger did not shut off the love and the other parts of the experience. So extract from that what you will. Um, yeah, man, it's a trip that, that is, that is one of the first times I think that I've been able to, um, dodge like hold on to like, you know, the authentic truth beneath it all. When I still got hit with like a tsunami of like anger and rage and like fucking, you know, blame and all this fucking shit that normally would shift the focus away from, you know, the internal vulnerable truth and pain and just make it all about like, fuck that motherfucker. And, you know, and, and essentially that that's, that's your ego coming to the rescue. That's what it's doing. It's trying to save you from pain. But, you know, uh, ironically, that kind of shit only creates more of it. So I'm glad that, um, that this happened. I'm glad that this happened and I really do love this song. And I don't, I don't think I've ever said that about my music before. But I really love this song. I think it's a fucking... I, I, like I, It's almost like I was in like a... I don't know. I kind of barely remember even recording it to be honest it's almost like I was just in like a different state but I don't know but I love this song I hope that you love this song um I more than likely love you whoever you are listening um and uh yeah I hope that this is you know I I hope that we can all move toward a world where we're cultivating loving each other and like connecting with each other and ourselves and being authentic and not being afraid of love 
and not being afraid of letting our guards down because the world is so much more fucking dope when that happens, like for real. And I am 100% one of those people that needs to work on that too. So I'm going to be here working on that shit, talking about that shit, preaching that shit, doing that shit. If, if, I, if I stop doing it and, and you know revert back into being a full-time douche, um, then I'm not going to be talking about it, but like, you know what I mean? I'm just going to keep sharing my experience as I, as I fucking, you know, trudge along here. Um, yeah. So, all right. Good night, y'all. If you want to find my music, search Testimona on any streaming platform. If you want to find me on social media, search Testimona on fucking any social media and, uh, you will find me. You can also find me at www.testimona.com, okay? All right, y'all, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and uh, definitely peep my fucking uh, uh, link. If if you're trying to talk to me, Instagram is the best way. Um, TikTok is going to be jumping off. Uh, YouTube's got the best video content thus far. I'm also on Odyssey. I'll be on Rumble soon. And then when it comes to podcasts, I'm everywhere. Uh, I do have two different telegram chats that I run. Um, one is called the great silencing uncensored. So go ahead and find me on telegram that that's like a red pill chat. But, uh, we also talk a lot about like preparedness and, you know, just resources, a lot of documents in there, if you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) a lot of declassified documents, you know, so, so we have fun. Um, and then I have one for music that I was just going to do like behind the scenes shit and like secret shit and like, there's some shit in there that no one's seen. Um, I kind of thought about uploading it to YouTube actually, but I, I think it would, it would all get pulled because of censorship. Um, so there's another one called uh, Testimony Music. If you want to see the real-time vlog of what it was like when I packed up my Honda by myself and moved from Oregon to Tennessee by myself uh, without like really having any plan or anything at all, <laughs> Uh, if you want that vlog and you want to know why I did that, that is all in the testimony music telegram, all of it. Uh, it is not anywhere else, but that telegram. So testimony music on telegram. It's cause, uh, yeah, whatever you can, I, I couldn't have just regular testimony on telegram, but everywhere else, that's what it is. So, all right, motherfuckers, I'm starving. I'm hungry. I need to eat food and go to bed. I love you. Bye.